law, liberty, and life in Jesus, knowing how it all works. This is part nine. Here's the title for this morning's study. How 21st century non-Jewish Canadians can become children of Abraham and inherit all of his blessings. That's the topic. I want to look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 6, 7, 8, 9, and the structure of the text is such that you pick it up in the middle of a sentence. The, the subject at the beginning of that sixth verse is salvation by belief, faith, trust, not works. And then Paul says in our text, just like Abraham, who believed God, and it was credited, reckoned, some of the translations will say, it was credited to him for righteousness. You know then, that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance, that's an interesting phrase, that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaimed the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, quote, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham, who had faith. Let's pray. We have nothing more precious than a gospel that comes to us in spite of our sin and not the result of our works. We talk about it, and this morning we want to celebrate it in deeper and fresher fresher ways in our own hearts and minds. So bless your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you can think of just maybe a couple of the earlier studies in this series, because it'll, it'll help you to see the way Paul, he's been unfolding this argument. Remember the false teachers who came from Jerusalem to these churches in Galatia, telling these newly converted, mostly Gentile converts, that their salvation was incomplete unless they came back under the old covenant with the regulations about dietary law and uncleanness and circumcision. They needed that. And, and Peter fell for it. Um, and, and Paul had to rebuke him publicly about it. Barnabas started to fall for it. Paul had to rebuke him as well. And so he makes this argument. That's what we've been looking at. Salvation comes through faith plus nothing else. He, he advances that argument with, with three things. We've studied two. First, Paul shows them that the gospel he preached, it lined up with the leaders at Jerusalem. That's in chapter 2, 1 to 10. And, and this was actually particularly amazing when the fact is revealed that he hadn't conversed with any of these leaders before he started proclaiming the gospel. He said, God gave it to me. I didn't check with anybody else. Until later, I went to the leadership in Jerusalem, and I found out that we were all on the same page with the gospel. So why this conflict now? That's Paul's argument. Secondly, Paul showed them that this gospel of 
justification by faith alone, plus nothing else, Paul argues that this lines up with, with the people in, in the Galatian church. This lines up with their own experience. The work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. That's in chapter 3, 1 to 5. Here, here's his argument. We know salvation can't come from keeping the law, Paul says, because here you are, you're Gentiles, most of you. You didn't even know about the law. You couldn't quote the law. You didn't keep any of the regulations of the law. You knew nothing about the old covenant law, and yet God gave his spirit to you. That's Paul's argument. So Paul says, did you get the spirit from keeping the law? Well, no. So how were you justified? It wasn't by keeping the law. It couldn't have been by keeping the law because they didn't even know about the law, these new Gentile Christians. Those are the two arguments we've looked at. Now, third is the one we're looking at this morning. Paul's, he, he's not going to let this rest because this is the gospel. He's going to defend it. Paul's going to show them in our text today how justification by faith, not by keeping the law, justification by faith alone, it lines up with their Old Testament, the Jewish Old Testament scriptures, and Abraham himself. And if there's anybody, these Judaizers coming from Jerusalem, if there's anybody they respect, they might not respect Paul, but they sure do respect Abraham. And so Paul's going to argue from their old covenant and the person of Abraham himself. That's in the text we read, chapter 3, verses 6, 7, 8, 9. And here's the central claim that Paul is going to make. It's a very precious word from the Lord. And it has tremendous benefits for everyone sitting in this room, December 5th, 2021. The central point is, whether you're a male or a female, whether you're black or white, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're educated or illiterate, whether you're Canadian or Korean, whether you're young or old, whether you're rich or poor, through Jesus Christ, you can be a child of Abraham and an heir to all that was promised to him if you exercise faith. Now that point that Paul's going to argue, he's, it's going to be stated in two ways. Once in verse 7, and then once in verse 9. And in each case, the point will be preceded by Old Testament support. I know this seems involved, but I want to show you at the end why it's so precious. If there's one person these Judaizers will honor, it's Abraham. So again, the main point is that any person alive today, any person regardless of race, culture, sex, can be a child of Abraham through faith in Christ plus nothing else. How can that be? How can how can people who haven't a Jewish bone in their body be children of Abraham? It's a fair question. 
And secondly, who cares? So point number one. Both Jews and non-Jews can be children of Abraham. I get that in Galatians 3, 7, and then 9. You know then that, here it is, those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Consequently, verse 9, same idea, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. So Paul makes the point twice in two verses. The true descendants of Abraham are people who share his faith. So, so being a child of Abraham doesn't depend on Jewish physical descent. This is a huge teaching in the New Testament. The reality of a, of a newly created, a new spiritual Israel through faith in Jesus Christ. And so he says it, verse 7, those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons and daughters. Paul repeats that truth over and over again in his writings. Whether we see it right away or not, it's obviously incredibly important to him. Look at 28 and 29. We haven't gotten to these verses yet. Where he says, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, vaccinated or unvaccinated since you are all one in Christ Jesus. Paul doesn't mean that there aren't such things as men and women, but he means those, aren't, those distinctions are erased. All can exercise faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Is this just some new list that Paul put on the scriptures, some twist to kind of suit his purpose? Most Jews today, most Jews today will absolutely reject this teaching of Paul. Any teaching of Paul in the New Testament, they have no use for it. So it makes you ask the question, was this actually in the heart and plan of God all along? Or is this just some unique twist from Paul? Is there anything in the Old Testament not written by Paul? that would lead to the same conclusion that you don't have to be of Jewish descent to be children of Abraham. Well, there is. There is. Because Paul's words in our text are actually quoted from the call of Abraham recorded in the book of Genesis. We need to look at it. So keep your Bible out. Look at Genesis now. We're going right back to the source. Genesis chapter 12, the first three verses. You know this story where God calls Abraham out of his land without really telling him exactly where he's going. And the Lord said to Abraham, this is before his name change, go from your land, your relatives, your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And here's the part we're interested in right now. All the peoples, plural, on earth will be blessed through you. 
Those are important words. I mean, they teach, they teach that Paul is telling the truth. Those words teach that right from the very beginning, it was God's will to make sure Abraham knew that the Jewish nation, that he and Baron Sarah were going to found, would be a people created for the nations of the world. Right from square one, that was God's goal. God never intended, a lot of Christians don't understand this. God never intended to bless the Jews so much as he wanted to use them to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. They, they would be a channel for God's blessing rather than just an exclusive object of God's blessing. It's clear right from the first time God talks to Abraham about it. The goal is all the nations. So obviously, it's made even clearer. Look at 18, Genesis 18, 18. Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation. Why? And all the nations, plural, of the earth will be blessed through him. So obviously this was God's plan. God's plan was to bless the families of the earth. Your family. That's what God had on my, in his mind when he called Abraham. Your family. Bless all the families of the earth. Bless all the nations of the earth through Abraham and his descendants. But how? How does that relate to all of us becoming, Paul says, children of Abraham? Is there, is there any indication, sure, Pastor Don, God wanted to bless the nations, but is there any indication in the Old Testament that God had this plan to raise up actual children of Abraham who weren't Jewish? Yes. Yes, there is. It's in Genesis 17, verses 4 and 5. God speaks. As for me, here is my covenant with you. Look it. You will become the, do you see that word right there? Father. Not just the blesser. You'll become the father of many nations, plural. Your name will no longer be Abraham. Here's what the name change meant. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the, here it is again, father of many nations. Notice that word father. Notice how it's used twice to describe, to describe the kind of relationship Abraham would have with the different peoples and nations of the world who would exercise faith. Abraham would be their, quotes, father. Now, if Abraham is our father, then we must be his children. Doesn't that make sense? It describes the type of relationship. Paul was right. So in other words, the very calling of ethnic Israel was for the purpose of creating this new, I'm using, this isn't in the New Testament, this is my word, a new spiritual Israel with actual 
children of Abraham who weren't Jewish. The calling of Abraham was the means. Creating children of all the nations was the goal. Now, don't mishear me. This doesn't mean that God no longer has any plan for ethnic Israel. He does. Paul, he longed for the day. He looked for the day. He talked about the day. So does the book of Revelation talk about the day when God would very mightily and specifically come to Jews, ethnic Jews, with this specific purpose. He will call them to faith in Christ and they will they will repent and they will believe, not relying on the law. They will believe in Christ. There will be a great ingathering. Paul talks about it. It's in, let me just read it quick. It's not really the topic. Romans 11, 25 to 27. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. There's this mystery. It hasn't happened yet. Brothers and sisters, so that you'll not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn the godlessness away from Jacob. This will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Point number two. Justification by faith, far from being a new concept, it was the key to Abraham's righteousness before God. Paul's going to deal with that in Galatians 3, in verse 6 and verse 9. Look at these words. Remember, you got to keep the context. There are these Jewish officials who have come from Jerusalem to Galatia and they're telling these Gentile believers they need, to, they need to come back under the old covenant if they're really going to be saved. Paul won't, Paul won't abide with that for one minute. Now what he's doing is he's saying not only, not only can you not be saved by keeping the law, you Gentile believers in Galatia, but Abraham wasn't justified by keeping the law. See, that's a strong argument to these Jewish people. That's what he's talking about here. Just like Abraham, who, who, we can't imagine, we read this all the time. We can't imagine how these words must have made these Jewish leaders, it must have made their mouths drop when Paul said this. Just like Abraham, who believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Nine. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham. Why? Well, that's what he did, who had faith. This was a stroke of genius. So Judaizers, they will honor Abraham. They're telling these new Christians in Galatia that Paul is calling people away from their Jewish roots. Their necessary Jewish roots. Paul is just playing fast and loose with the old covenant law, then these new Gentile Christians need to come back under that law if they're going to be saved. So Paul says, well, let's look at Abraham. He takes them back to the greatest patriarch of ethnic Judaism. And he says, 
I'm not the one misrepresenting Abraham. <laughs> you Jewish leaders, you're the ones rep misrepresenting Abraham. That's what he's actually saying. Abraham, we read it from their scriptures, was credited with righteousness because of his faith. Credited. Here's, here's, okay, keep this locked up in your mind. Because here's the important point Paul is making. Abraham predates circumcision by many, 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 many years. So we know for sure, Paul says, you know, this isn't rocket science. We know Abraham wasn't justified by being circumcised. Why? Because there was no such thing as circumcision yet. And we know Abraham wasn't justified by keeping the law because the law wasn't coming for centuries yet with Moses. So Paul is saying to these Jewish leaders, you, you tell me, you tell me how Abraham was justified by circumcision when there wasn't any, and you tell me how he was justified by works of righteousness keeping the law when the law wasn't around yet. So if you're going to say Abraham was righteous, how did he get this way? That's Paul. So I'll tell you how. He believed God. He believed God. That's what he finally says. It's right there. Consequently, Paul, he, he does arguments, right? Point A, B, C, D, E, and then consequently, the result. Those who have faith, we're going to look at what this means. They're blessed with Abraham who had faith. Point number three. Being a child of Abraham means being like Abraham. What I want to look at here isn't Paul, it's Jesus. Here's Jesus. I want to show you that this is a theme. This isn't some twist of Paul. Some people think that. I want to show you that this is the teaching of the whole New Testament, including our Lord. This is Jesus in one of his many, many arguments with the Jewish religious leaders who were constantly calling people back under keeping the law. Same situation. Here's what Jesus said. They, they, they speak and then Jesus responds. John 8, 39, 40. Our father is Abraham. Don't, don't be calling us to repent. You don't understand. We're descendants of Abraham. Now, Jesus is going to answer them. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would, look at, you would do what Abraham did. What did Abraham do? But now you're trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Now that passage is important for two reasons. First, Jesus shows by his words that there's a certain sense that these religious leaders were not descendants of Abraham, even though they were Jews. See, Jesus is going down the same path Paul goes down. If you were Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. They're not doing what Abraham did. Therefore, Jesus is saying, you guys, you're not Abraham's descendants. They're Jews. 
Secondly, this passage is important because Jesus shows us an, another dimension of what being a child of Abraham is all about. That is, being Abraham's children entails doing what Abraham did. And in the passage we're studying from Galatians, we're told what Abraham did. It's in verse 6. Just like Abraham, who, here's what he did, he believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. So, so we, most of us Gentiles, living in 2021 in Newmarket or York Region's surrounding area, here we are. We show our lineage to Abraham when we believe God, trust his promise in Christ. That's what Abraham was doing. That's why our opening text actually says, I didn't point it out, that had the gospel preached to him, Abraham, about believing the promise of God. This was God's plan all along. You all know these words, for God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We quote those words all the time, but that, that whole redemptive plan, this one, has everything to do with the call of Abraham. Hadn't changed. Four, we're almost done. I said... How can Gentiles without a bone in their bodies be descendants of Abraham? And then I said the second question was, who cares? Who cares about this theological stuff on a Sunday morning? That's point number four, our last point. As Abraham's children, we share in the inheritance and the blessing of Abraham. First, to prove that, Galatians 3.9, consequently, those who have faith there, there it is, are blessed with Abraham. Whatever blessing Abraham was given, that's what we have. It doesn't identify it, it just says that that's what we have. The point is made a little more clearly in verses that we'll study down the road, but Galatians 3.29 says this, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and this isn't the word blessing, but heirs according to the promise. So there's this promise. Blessing in one verse, promise in another. And now we come to the heart. Is there anything offered in the blessing of Abraham that should cause non-Jewish Canadians, people of a different culture, people living thousands of years after Abraham, and Paul for that matter, is there anything offered in this complicated text that should excite us at all? Abraham just, I mean, it just sounds like Old Testament stuff, Pastor Don. There is. There's something that we should care about if we're thinking at all. There's something we should care about because there's something in the inheritance of Abraham that deals with my two greatest fears and your two greatest fears. The fear of death 
and the fear of standing before a holy God in judgment. Death. Unless Jesus comes first, death. We have to face it. No one's getting out of here alive, right? Death and judgment. The two greatest fears. Now, the scriptures saw in advance that God would, and here's the word I want to focus on, God would justify the Gentiles. God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaimed the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. And what that means is, all of us, all the nations. What's your background? A lot of us have my uh, grandparents came over here from another country. A lot of us have that in our background. What's your history? What's your background? Where are you from? Because through faith we inherit the blessings of Abraham, justification, justify the Gentiles. Justified is a, it's a legal word. It has to do with has to do with guilt and getting off the hook. Not guilt feelings. I'm not talking here about low self-esteem or anything like that. I'm talking about the actual guilt of being a sinner before a holy God who always judges sin. And, and we can't work our way out of it. You can't. This is the greatest blessing of the descendants of Abraham through faith. God planned to reach the nations through Abraham and his descendants. And he did just that through Jesus Christ, born a Jew. The gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed by Paul wasn't conflicting with the blessing of Abraham. Jesus said Abraham, remember, longed to see his day. Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise given to Abraham. That's why our text said that the gospel was proclaimed to Abraham. You, you're never going to be right with God through New Year's resolutions. You don't have to clean up your whole life before you can come repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Redeemer. Receive eternal life, the problem of death, and peace with God that your sin has been atoned. And here's the deal. Right from Abraham on, God's whole plan was, you can't earn this. Well, Pastor Don, what do we do? Abraham believed God. There are people watching, maybe here, and you're trying to figure out how you can unmess your life. And every self-help book in every bookstore or anything you order from Amazon is going to give you a prescription for things you can do better than you're doing them. And not one of them can make you right with God. And not one of them can give you eternal life. What we've been studying in this complicated text, God, since God called Abraham, he was thinking about saving you. Do you get it? Since God called Abraham, 
he was thinking of saving you. What do you have to do? You, you believe. I believe God and what he accomplished through Jesus Christ. Born in the manger, we celebrated at Christmas, but he didn't stay a baby. He died on the cross, gave his life, the Bible says, a ransom for many, many, all who would come, all who would believe. How long will you wait before you simply believe and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross. Forgive me and give me eternal life.